past midnight at a meeting of the school board, so God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And today we're going to cover um, some new information that came out with respect to uh, James Comer and the Hunter Biden laptop. Um, Not the Hunter Biden laptop, but the Hunter Biden, the Biden crime family in general. And... One of the things um, that that has transpired is that uh, they've found new payments. So the House Oversight Committee has uncovered evidence that Joe Biden received a recurring payment of $1,380 from his son, Hunter's law firm, beginning in 2018, shortly after a a bank money laundering officer warned that the same account was receiving millions of dollars in Chinese government linked funds without any services rendered. Now the amount in question is a pretty small amount. Actually, it's $1,380 and they're saying that it's a truck payment, a payment for a truck, which is kind of, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. Because again, why does this family pay, you know, why do, why don't they just pay lenders? Why don't they pay interest on these things? So they're not paying interest. They're not paying it's constantly like somebody's footing the bill for something and then someone's paying off that that person. Um it just seems really shady. That's not the way people normally do it. If you're raking in millions of dollars from a Chinese laundering scheme, wouldn't you just pay cash for the truck? You wouldn't. Why would you make a payment on a truck? Why wouldn't you just buy it outright? You just were given a couple of million dollars each time, right? Why not? I mean, it doesn't make any sense, right? If the truck is eighty thousand dollars, even so, just. Plop eighty thousand. What's eighty thousand to five million or twenty million or whatever they were raking in? Again, these were payouts to the family. Is what they were. 
And not only that, but why did they get the money? The money they got, they got for what? What did they do for the money? They did zero and they received all this money. There's no, there's no exchange of services. So, I mean, it's so clear that this is a laundering operation. So they're going to be soon voting on this impeachment inquiry to make it a full-blown impeachment. So we're going to be the banana republic, the uh, embarrassment of the world, where we have a senile uh, uh, person in the White House and who can't find his way off of stage, who obviously is a criminal, and he has all of his Justice Department going after the most popular president the United States has ever seen, who did so many great things, Donald Trump, and all the while the media and the government are colluding together to try to make it impossible for Trump to win re-election and continue this charade of a government. You know, like, for example, when Mitt Romney said that if Donald Trump wins the nomination, he will vote for Democrat. Well, obviously, Paul Ryan will, too. President Trump was talking about the election was being rigged in one of his speeches, and they cut they cut away from his speech and went to Joe, uh, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis that doesn't have a snowball's chance of winning the nomination. They cut to him, as if this is a dog fight, right? As this, as if this is even a race for the nomination. Everybody knows that Trump is going to. Uh, win the nomination. I don't care what kind of cockamamie stories Fox News wants to drum up with regard to the appeal of Nikki Haley. Like the biggest flat-out liar on the planet, Nikki Haley. I mean, she is a tool for globalist corporate money. As is DeSantis, apparently. Because he's aligned with Paul Ryan, who's the biggest globalist, works for a globalist company, a uh, Tenio, spokesperson for Tenio, on the board of Fox News. And Fox News is embroiled in a lawsuit with Smartmatic about election rigging. And they're so afraid of the topic. Uh, therefore, you can't mention the name Tucker Carlson like, like, uh, oh, I forgot the name of the, but um, Greg Gutfeld. <laughs> I haven't watched Fox in so long. I forgot the names of the players. Um, but uh, yeah, he mentioned Tucker Carlson and there was just si- on his show, and there was silence. And uh, and then he mentioned something about election fraud and silence. And 
he's sort of bucking the system. He'll be the next to go, and then and then soon Marie, Maria Bartiromo will be the next to go. Uh, Fox News is completely sold out to the globalist corporate dollars, and they are no longer what they were. Everybody's admitting this now. It's it's not new news, but it's a doggone shame that we have conservative con- candidates that can't get a fair shake in our nation's media, a media that controls the way we think and what we do. Not for you and me, perhaps, because we have an open mind and we have a stronger mind that we're not going to be manipulated and snowed like these other fools. But there's so much of this going on. People just don't want to do the work and they just regurgitate and believe what they hear from MSNBC and CNN and and even Fox News now, who's gone down that rabbit hole. So we'll see what happens with this. You know, the the, uh, transactions that started in late 2018 that were then consistently, what that does is that says that Joe Biden lied about his connections with his son's businesses. It's clear that 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 was a lie. Now, is that a crime? No. And he was a private citizen in 2018. So... Where's the beef? But it is true that they made a lot of promises and did a lot of, uh, I mean, they weren't selling anything. They weren't providing any service. So they were, they were doing political favors for China. And at the same time, getting paid for it and then lying about it, getting elected through a rigging and then making all kinds of policies that are favorable to China. And like the green energy. You know, going green helps, it helps Russia. Uh, When we're not energy independent, that means that people have to buy more of their oil in the world from Iran and Russia. And that also means when the United States is not energy independent, that the liquidation of of assets or, or, you know, basically the abundance of oil is less. Less production means more scarcity, means higher prices per barrel, which is something that the Russians and the Iranians loved. So when we dropped out of the oil energy independence business, and opted for something that people don't want, which is electric vehicles and battery manufacturing, well, the Bidens are directly involved with those businesses through, you know, Freeport McMorrin, a Arizona-based mining company that was mining in the Congo, and the Bidens were had their hand in that deal. Emperex, a, a Chinese manufacturer of batteries, they they were invested in that and <clears throat> instrumental in green lighting and making it possible for them to flourish. All the while, one of the keys to that success for those EV manufacturing capacities 
is to is to ban oil research and development and drilling and lease uh, renewing leases. And so, it, if there's no oil, then you, and you're green lighting electricity and bar- uh, batteries, then people are going to have to go to batteries. They're not going to have a choice. And that's what the globalists always do. They create these rules that nobody elected, nobody wanted, nobody voted these people in to the UN or the WHO or uh, the IMF, you know, whether it's central bank digital currency, whether it's COVID pandemic uh, response, whether it's um, immigration reforms and, and climate initiatives. Nobody wants any of this stuff. These people aren't elected by American citizens, and yet our sovereignty is being ceded or usurped by these other global entities, financed and backed by these global corporations, and coordinated and controlled by these uh, Klaus Schwab-type individuals that run these organizations that are solely designed to organize these things off the grid. And by off the grid, I mean out outside of the jurisdiction of, of American voters or voters of the, any one particular country. And our sovereignty is being ceded away. And here we are, having to deal with all the rules and regulations from a corporation, not a governance, not someone, not an elected official. And yet the elected officials are easily bought because the profits that are being made from these big corporations, some of that ends up in ad dollars that control the media narrative and the other ends up in the pockets of politicians to control their votes and their support. Or at least, to, at the very least, to make sure that they don't take actions that blockade or get in the way. Like, take the wall, for example. The cartels have lobbyists. The fentanyl drug pushers have lobbyists. The human traffickers have lobbyists. They certainly have money. They're making tons of it. And then there's this money that came out of thin air through COVID relief response, which financed Catholic charity organizations that were working as a pipeline for cheap labor to come into the country and work under the table for corporations to to then profit from and invest those profits back into Catholic charities and the lobbyist groups that find their monies into uh, find, whose money finds their way into the pockets of politicians so that nothing ever gets done in Washington Trump was uh Trump was a, a, a thorn in the side of all of that. When he got out of the Paris Agreement, when he installed the Abraham Accords, when he basically did a beatdown of the Palestinians and Hamas and said, look, we, we, don't, have to, we don't have to engage you. If you don't want to, uh, we're going to ask you once. We're going to treat you like an adult. If you, want, you don't, if you don't want to come to the table and negotiate, then... Uh, we're just going to continue on with business as usual, and that's going to be building up the West Bank and Gaza Strip with with housing 
for Israelis. And it's just going to make it more impossible for you to actually ever get to the deal that is on the table right now. And the Abraham Accords were a part of that whole piece. Those negotiations were tough negotiations. And they had a huge impact because Trump didn't play games with these Hamas. Certainly didn't pay them. Got out of the Paris Agreement. Basically turned his back on climate. And went to NATO and said, everybody's got to pay up. Got out of TPP. So, I mean, there's just so much. So many reasons why they don't want Trump. And it has all to do with slave labor. It's all about supply chains. And it's all about cheap labor in highly dense population countries like China and India. Where combined there are 3 billion people. And people, humans, are a commodity that work on the cheap. And so, therefore, you you get all this. The corporations mandate that the manufacturing goes in the directions that it goes. Everything is streamlined. But that means that there can't be this manufacturing in the West. And Trump was all about manufacturing, bringing manufacturing back home. It was the bedrock of American strength. The middle class, the strong middle class, the strongest middle class, the strongest countries are the countries with a strong, vibrant, working middle class that can enjoy freedoms, freedom of religion, freedom of education, freedom of anything that they want. Just empower the people. The people will go to work and they'll pay their taxes and everybody will prosper. The government in its limited capacity will do the things that it needs to do, secure our border, provide us with a a strong national security apparatus, fill the doggone potholes and give us security in our cities. Police force. Macy's. Used to be the Wanamaker building in Philadelphia. Some knife-wielding madman uh, ended up stabbing a whole bunch of uh, security guards. Killed one, sent two to the hospital. And for what? And it's, it's, it's once again, it's this riffraff, this attack on police, and this f- uh, turning a blind eye to criminals and letting them out and cash bail systems and uh, letting them out early, being lenient on criminals. You know, you got this uh, DA in Philly uh, that's just weak on crime. And people are are getting murdered in the streets. Nobody wants to go out and shop in uh, these stores anymore. I mean, Won't you feel like a chump if if you wait in line to go get into the country? You're waiting in line. You're paying up for a lawyer to get into the country for immigration. And you see on the news hundreds of thousands of people just walking through and not having to pay an attorney and just walking through the, the border and becoming a citizen. 
Why would you ever play by the rules? Why would you stand in line? You know, like when you're on a, a highway and it's backed up bumper to bumper and you see one car go down the uh, apron on the right and then next thing you know, it's a whole slew of cars. After a while, you're like, huh, why don't I do it? I mean, why am I sitting here waiting, right? I mean, it's the same thing with with, with shopping. Why should I go and stand in line and pull out my credit card and um, buy this product when everybody else is stealing them off the shelves and walking out and nothing's happening to them? Now, I'm not going to steal because it's just not in my DNA. But you know what I might do is I might not just want to shop there anymore and feel like a chump. I might not want to shop there. Be treated like an animal because all the products are behind a locked piece of glass because there's a bunch of Neanderthals in these urban cities looting stores. It's insane. So I don't even want to be a part of it. Yeah, call it urban flight. Call it whatever you want. But I don't want to be a part of that. Riff raff. So maybe I'll do my shopping online. Who knows? But, you know, it's this. these liberal policies are killing our societies. And that's exactly what they want. Because the only two, there's only three things that they're trying to attack. Three things they attack. What do they attack? They attack freedom of religion because everybody knows that they believe their God more than they believe their government. And freedom of family, family. And they want to break up the family nucleus. And that they push all kinds of woke agendas, whether it's LGDB, LGBTQ uh, uh, or trans crap or or uh, gender dysphoria. They try to tell you it's real. It wasn't real when I was growing up. <laughs> I don't know what happened to your generation, but it wasn't real when I was growing up. None of this was real when I was growing up. So it's manufactured. It's manipulated. It's this trans storytelling business. This indoctrination. They know what they're doing. So, I mean, all of this stuff, you know, this this attack on your religion, because it's always going to be God over country. It's God over government. It's family first. Family first. More than even America first. But then there's country, love of country. Who is our country? What is our identity? No one knows. You, you open up the borders, and who knows? They just saw a whole line of fighting-age Chinese men, hundreds of them, lined up in a video. And they're wondering, what the heck is going on? This is obviously organized. It's organized. It's by design. Our own government wants more money to secure the border. No, they don't want to secure the border. They want to process the border more efficiently and more organized. And this is, this is again, being supported by... Slave labor enthusiasts like corporations and their greed and their profits. So anytime you get capitalism and you get uh, corruption, 
you know, and and a backroom deal. That's no longer really. That's no longer capitalism. By definition, we need we need to have freedom of capitalism, but we need it to be. We we also need a justice department, and we need a police force, and we need security, and we need uh, systems that prevent corruption. But what we're doing is creating systems that enable corruption on purpose. We're creating loopholes for exploitation. And this two standards of justice has... Yeah, picks winners and losers, turns a blind eye to your 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 uh, cronies. That kind of thing we can't cannot stand in a free society. But they want to go after your your uh, your your uh, your religion, your family, and your love of country, and they're they've done a great job in destroying all three. They've had a negative impact on all of those things. The families are unhealthier than they've ever been in more ways than one, whether it's dietary or drugs or um, divisiveness. And and so we have that, and we have... Uh, there's a lot of churches that are going under and and then country the open borders is no way to have a country so there's just and then the two standards of justice and the violation of your first amendment free speech and censorship the violation of your second amendment the right to protect yourself with firearms the fourth amendment for illegal searches and seizures, which is, are violated every single second of every day with your cell phones. And part of that is your own choice. But part of that could be corrected real quick with Section 230, uh, re- revision, reform, and a whole bunch of other things. But they're just not going to do it. Because our own government is infiltrating and gaslighting our own FBI is dressing up like white supremacists and putting wearing Trump hats. And our own FBI is infiltrating J6 rallies simply because they're protesting election fraud, which is real. And our own Justice Department, which is connected with the FBI, is locking these people up and and doing doing all kinds of crazy things to conservatives, knocking their doors down, um, going after President Trump, and the whole host of things, turning a blind eye to the Biden crime family. So, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to complain about. I, I want to get to... Uh, I want to get to this James Comer uh, thing um, now because this is the this is the new news that uh, everybody's talking about. Again, I I somehow I somehow don't know how you're going to get. You know, it, it is true that 
you know, it proves that Biden's a liar, but we all always knew that. The thing is, it's going to be hard for him to explain away, but, um, you know, if this was a car loan or truck loan from a company that has millions of dollars, um, why would the company that's raking in millions need a loan from the dad to buy a truck? And why was it being paid by the corporation? Trump's, uh, Biden said, Biden said, uh, you know, I, I don't have anything to do with my son's businesses. Well, you're getting paid by his son's business. You liar. You know, that kind of thing. So let's take a listen to this. President Joe Biden claimed there was an absolute wall between his official government duties and his family's influence peddling schemes. This was a lie. President Joe Biden claimed his family didn't receive money from China. This was a lie. President Joe Biden claimed he never spoke to his son, Hunter Biden, about the Biden's family's shady business dealings. This was a lie. Now, Hunter Biden's legal team and the White House's media allies claim Hunter's corporate entities never made payments directly to Joe Biden. We can officially add this latest talking point to the list of lies. Today, the House Oversight Committee is releasing subpoenaed bank records that show Hunter Biden's business entity, a Wasco PC, made direct monthly payments to Joe Biden. This wasn't a payment from Hunter Biden's personal account, but an account for his corporation that received payments from China and other shady corners of the world. At this moment, Hunter Biden is under an investigation by the Department of Justice for using a Wasco PC for tax evasion and other serious crimes. And based on whistleblower testimony, we know the Justice Department made a concerted effort to prevent investigators from asking questions about Joe Biden. I wonder why. The more we learn, it appears the Justice Department was trying to cover up for the Bidens until brave IRS whistleblowers came forward and a federal judge rejected the sweetheart plea deal. Payments from Hunter's business entity to Joe Biden are now part of a pattern revealing Joe Biden knew about participated in and benefited from his family's influence peddling schemes. When Joe Biden was vice president, he spoke by phone, attended dinners, and had coffee with his son's foreign business associates. He allowed his son to catch a ride on Air Force Two at least a dozen times to sell the Biden brand around the world. Hunter Biden requested office keys to be made for his office mate, Joe Biden, in space, he planned to share with a Chinese energy company. We've revealed how Joe Biden received checks from his family that were funded by the Biden's influence peddling schemes with China, no less. The House Oversight Committee continues to investigate Joe Biden's involvement in his family's domestic and international business schemes at a rapid pace. We will continue to uncover the facts and provide transparency about the findings of our investigation. President Biden and his family must be held accountable for this blatant corruption, the American people expect no less. All right, and here's the follow-up to that. And this is going to be a fairly long, longer clip, but worth a listen because it's, it really does put things together really well. Let's take a listen to uh, Maria Bartiroma and then her exchange with James Comer. But I thought a lot of what Maria had to say was was informative. So... We're just going to go ahead and, and use her as a source as well. So let's take a listen to this. 
House Speaker Mike Johnson is preparing to announce a formal impeachment inquiry vote into President Biden in the coming weeks before the House leaves for the holidays on December 15th. After what he said has been weeks of stonewalling by the Department of Justice, as the House Oversight Committee chairman says his committee will be releasing a new report on their investigation into alleged Biden family influence peddling. This week, the committee released an email sent by a bank money laundering manager who raised concerns over what he called unusual and erratic wires throughout several Hunter Biden controlled bank accounts, including the initial transfer of more than five million dollars by a Chinese company in 2017 that was described as a loan despite no documentation of any loan agreement with 16 separate wires to follow to and from different Biden-controlled accounts. The bank official went on in this email to warn that recent news indicated China was targeting the children of politicians with sweetheart deals to purchase political influence. And Hunter's spending on drugs and prostitutes was likely putting his family in a financial hole. Adding specifically, Hunter Biden's $1.5 billion deal with the Chinese state to establish a private equity firm in which they manage the funds over time and make huge fees but there are no services being rendered. The management company's purpose is to invest in companies that benefit Chinese government. Thus, the activity on the account appears unusual with no current business purpose. Meanwhile, House Democrats on the Oversight Committee circulated a memo of their own Friday defending President Biden, saying in part, this investigation has uncovered significant evidence showing that Joe Biden was not involved in and did not profit from his family's business deals. Joining me now in this Sunday Morning Futures exclusive is the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, Congressman James Comer. Mr. Chairman, thanks very much for being here this morning. Good morning. What can you tell us about this email from a bank investigator? Uh, he's trained uh, for looking for money laundering, and he's flagging all this suspicious activity in Hunter Biden's joint accounts. What, what is most damning here from your standpoint? Well, this is a great snapshot for everyone in America to see what takes place in a bank making a decision to file a suspicious activity report against a prominent person, against a politically exposed person. Remember, banks don't want to file these, Maria, because when you do, it invites the bank examiners in. And that's the last people banks want to see are bank examiners. When you file a suspicious activity report against the son of a vice president of the United States, the bank examiners are going to fly from wherever they are into that bank the next day and look into this. So they wanted to make sure they weren't making any mistakes, but they understood the potential criminality here and the potential vulnerability to our national security. And, you know, when they saw the $5 million wire go to an investment fund with no investments and that they knew that the Bidens had all these shell accounts, and they mentioned that in the email, the, these accounts where they weren't real businesses, they were just they were just like dormant accounts. You get a huge $5 million wire in. So they obviously reach out to the president's son and say, uh, Mr. Biden, what is this $5 million wire? We need to know or we're going to have to notify uh, the Treasury Cabinet of a suspicious activity report. He said, oh, that's a loan. And they're like, a loan from China? Okay, well, we need the loan documentation so that we can, we can have that in the records for the bank examiners. And they said there were no loan documents. So the bank knew right away China didn't send someone in the United States, to, especially the, the son of a vice president of the United States, $5 million as a loan without any loan documentation or without any terms of the loan. And what we see here, Maria, is this fits a pattern that we've been talking about on your show for, for months, where the Bidens were taking in, you know, millions of dollars from our enemies around the world, and they were calling them loans, because when you say a loan, you don't have to report that on your taxes. You don't have to notify the IRS. So this was a way 
The Bidens were trying to sneak money in, and at the end of the day, they weren't paying any taxes on it. But the bank examiner realized that this was a bad deal. Not only is this money laundering, and not only is this tax evasion, but this is how China comes in and, and buys politicians off. They give huge sums of money to vulnerable family members of high-ranking politicians. And they mentioned in the email, Hunter Biden was susceptible because he was on drugs. He was in financial trouble. And they knew this because his ex-wife had said that in an interview. Yeah, and, and they're talking about politically exposed person. PEP, mm-hmm. uh, which is Hunter Biden. Uh, I, I don't understand why you have had to take so long to actually get a vote to impeach or get this impeachment inquiry going. Do you feel that you have the votes within the House right now to we, get a formal impeachment inquiry? I do. And uh, I had a reporter ask, well, what's changed? You know, because the press has been writing, we didn't have the votes forever. And I said, well, I'll tell you one thing that changed. We were in Washington, D.C. for 10 weeks, and there are about 15 or 20 moderates that, that they really worry about what CNN says or what the Washington Post writes. And, and they were getting in their head, Maria. But they, a great thing happened during Thanksgiving. The members went home. Many of them for the first time and circulated for the first time in over 10 weeks. And they met people in Walmart and people on Main Street. And they're like, what in the world have the Bidens done to receive millions and millions of dollars from our enemies around the world? And did they not pay taxes on it? So they heard from their constituents. Yes, we want you to move forward. We want to know the truth. And we expect the Bidens to be held accountable for for public corruption. So we are unified uh, at a time when I think it's no secret our conference is, is broken in a lot of ways. The members have heard from their constituents back home. Uh, they have confidence in the credibility of our investigation and the mountains of evidence that we've accumulated. So I'm confident we're going to have the votes to move forward with this impeachment inquiry. And, and you've got to have a near majority. The majority is so slim, even mm-hmm. less now with George Santos being expelled this week, right? Yeah, it's tough. I think we can lose one or two members. I mean, Ken Buck, he votes no on everything. He's certainly uh, doing everything he can to try out to be the next uh, anchor for for MSNBC. But at at the end of the day, I think our members realize that this is of the utmost importance. And we've done this the right way. It's been painful for for, uh, many people in America that have kept up with this because they've seen the evidence for months and months and months that would warrant the impeachment inquiry formal vote. But but now, and I think this this last email and and hopefully some more stuff that uh, that may come out next week, uh, people see that there's just too much evidence here just to say, okay, well, that's that, and move on to the next investigation. I mean, we're in the deposition phase, and one of the reasons we have to do this impeachment inquiry vote, Maria, is uh, Hunter Biden's legal team has already sent a letter implying that this wasn't a legitimate investigation because the impeachment inquiry hadn't been voted on. So that was one of the things they were going to try to use in court to keep Hunter Biden from coming to be deposed. And remember, we have to depose him because we have five, six, five or 600 specific questions about specific transactions that we need to know, you know what they did to receive the millions and millions of dollars from our enemies around the world and what level of involvement did Joe Biden have. Right. And, and of course, last week we heard from Hunter Biden's attorney who said, no, 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 he wants to do it in a public forum uh, but in a public forum, that's very different than a closed-door forum, right? In the closed-door forum, you can have hours mm-hmm. to, to do follow-ups. Right. In an open forum, 
You've got five minutes for each lawmaker. Five minutes for each lawmaker. And we've already seen the Democrats don't have the disposition to be able to conduct themselves appropriately. They scream and yell. The last impeachment inquiry hearing we had, they filed two motions to adjourn. They entered the same thing in the record six times. I mean, they did everything they could to disrupt the committee hearing. Uh, we will have a public hearing with Hunter Biden. I'm... I'm very excited about a public hearing with Hunter Biden. And Abby Lowell can have both his clients in that public hearing. He can have Robert Menendez on one side and Hunter Biden on the other. And they can talk about how innocent they are in their influence peddling schemes. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we have to depose these people. And, and I know the media says, oh, it's a closed door deposition. We will release the transcripts. So if you look at the January 6th committee in both impeachment investigations of, of President Trump in the, in the last Congress, they deposed everyone. And, and uh, even Jamie Raskins, when he was trying to get Steve Bannon in for a deposition, Bannon offered the same thing Hunter Biden's attorney offered to We're not going to do a deposition, but we'll do a public hearing. Jamie Raskins said on CBS this week, I believe it was, or CBS, Meet the Press, one, one of those shows, he said, oh, well, he, can, he might have a public hearing, but he's coming in for a deposition first because depositions are substantive. This is a credible, substantive investigation. We're going to have the deposition and... Uh, that's the difference in asking 35 questions versus asking six or 700 questions. Mm. Yeah, that's what I thought. And it's amazing to me that Jamie Raskin pushes back the way he does. Even Dan Goldman uh, seems to be the new Adam Schiff. I mean, he's actually last week trying to raise uh, an issue over the Hunter Biden laptop, trying to suggest it, it, it wasn't actually accurate again. I, I don't understand how your colleagues are, are not seeing the national threat and the national security issue that this influence peddling potential corruption um, creates. You know, they've tried to mislead the American people with disinformation about everything in this investigation from day one, from the laptop being Russian disinformation to where these bank records have somehow been manipulated by Rudy Giuliani. I mean, it's laughable what the Democrats are doing in their never-ending pursuit of being the criminal defense attorney for the Biden family. The American people get it, Maria. Poll after poll shows that two-thirds of Americans believe that Joe Biden was involved in his family's criminal activity. That's serious. Public corruption should be a bipartisan issue in Congress. Unfortunately, it's not with the Democrats on the House Oversight Committee. Do you believe that the reason that Joe Biden is so soft on China is because of all of this money that I he's do. accepted? Yeah. I do. I mean, there's no reason in the world why you would allow China to continue to do the things they're doing, uh, the, the patents they're stealing, the, the currency they're manipulating, wow. the, the lack of transparency about COVID-19. The list goes on and on and on. Yeah. And, and he won't even mention it to President Z when they're in the same room. Unbelievable. Uh, Mr. Chairman, we're going to be watching your work. You know, it'd be nice if we had a press that, uh, you know, like a national press that would do investigative journalism for once. And they don't. The uh, little pipsqueaks that come out of these Ivy League schools that get jobs at the, the media outlets are, you know, part of the problem. Uh, they wear their um, politics on their sleeve. All right, so let's take a listen to uh, Josh Hawley talking about something that's happening on the other side. Uh, Jack Smith uh basically, you know, spying on on all Americans who supported Donald Trump's tweets. 
Well, Laura, I will just say that this is the most unbelievable, incredible abuse of the First Amendment in our Constitution that we have ever seen in American history. And that's but look at what this administration is doing. The special counsel who's totally and completely out of control. He's obviously doing the bidding of Joe Biden. I mean, he is going after individual citizens here. Let's be clear about this. He is trying to get the records of Twitter users who just liked a tweet by Donald Trump or who retweeted a Donald Trump post. I mean, this is unbelievable stuff. And I have to tell you, it reminds me of what happened in Hong Kong, what the Chinese Communist Party did there. You know, I had the privilege of being in Hong Kong on the streets with the protesters when China was in the middle of their brutal crackdown. And do you know what they did? They turned Hong Kong into a police state. They turned every CCTV camera all over that city on the protesters. They followed them on their social media. They tracked them on their phones. When you look at what Jack Smith is doing here, it looks like the same exact thing. This is CCP tactics, communist China tactics used against the American people all in service of going after this president's political opponents. And Laura, there's a pattern here, too. I mean, we now have courts have said, federal courts have said that this administration has deliberately violated the First Amendment by coercing and working with social media companies. This is the president deliberately and directly ordering his White House to go to Twitter, to go to Facebook, to go to Instagram, and to pressure them to censor speech they don't like to take down posts about school board meetings, about COVID, uh, about uh, election issues, about the Hunter Biden laptop. They did so, you know, and again, wh just keep keep an eye open on what they're going to do with TikTok. Nothing. They'll do nothing with TikTok because they don't want to hurt themselves more than they're already hurting with uh, the young vote. And they don't want to upset the young people. And so they'll not do the right thing in closing down TikTok, which is just horrible for, you know, American kids, the way that's going. So I said, Hunter Biden's business entity, Owasco, made direct monthly payments to Joe Biden. This wasn't a payment from Hunter Biden's personal account, but an account from his corporation that received payments from China and other shady corners of the world wow it's crazy so um we got something else here uh let's see i wanted to cover this this is uh, to, uh well this was a uh okay so the i played this woman from new zealand uh who was basically calling out to the new leader of new zealand to not lock up these whistleblowers that were exposing the truth on these death counts. And it sure, they, they've done a study of these different batches of these vaccines and it, the death rate in some of these vaccines was as high as 21%. So like total vaccinated 711 from this batch ID one, death count 152 out of 711. Batch ID eight, the total vaccinated were 221, and the death count was 38 
and so on and so forth. You know, so that's 17.19%, 15.48%. Jacinda Ardern is a Klaus Schwab disciple. She's now a climate czar and no longer the leader of New Zealand. I think she termed out, but she's that, you know, skinny buck-toothed uh, uh, globalist moron that ran the New Zealand uh, country, Jacinda Ardern. She's evil, flat-out evil. And they're now finding out that when she was saying, we should be your single source of truth, the government, um, the government was lying to them, to the people, to push a globalist agenda. And whether that agenda is depopulation, which is pretty obvious from that death count, or whether it was vaccine tracking uh, vaccine passports and freedom of mobility. Uh, I think it was both. We talked about the caravan of Chinese males arriving in the U.S. border. This is 100% coordinated, is what somebody is saying. The media is out. The alarm has gone off. Byron York wrote this. Around this time in 2015, some in political commentary class realized Trump could win the GOP nomination. Freak out ensued, although many remained confident Trump could not win general. And now warning machine has kicked into high gear. So you got like these these headlines and all these main publications. A Trump dictatorship is increasingly inevitable. We should stop pretending. If Trump wins... Well, if Trump wins, we already know what happens when Trump wins. Everybody prospers. That's the trouble they're going to have with this. The staff of The Atlantic on the threat of a second term poses to America democracy if Trump wins. Why a second Trump presidency may be more radical than his first. How is it radical? (laughs) Strong military... uh, Topping off our uh, oil reserves, being energy independent, um, border security, peace in the Middle East. Ah, I don't know. Never started a war. (laughs) Was not engaged in war. Got us out of wars. I mean, what are they talking about? Donald Trump has long exhibited authoritarian impulses. What? What? But his policy operation is now more sophisticated and the buffers to check him are weaker. Mm. So much disinformation. You want to hear some more disinformation? Well, Hillary Clinton got paid handsomely to uh, speak at the COP28. And here she is here. We're seeing uh, and beginning On climate. to pay attention and to count and record Uh, the deaths that are related to climate, and by far the biggest killer is extreme heat. I mean, even in Europe... Now, in Europe, the private jets that they flew in on (laughs) were frozen on the tarmac because of a cold blast through Europe. Last summer, which uh, has the ability to count and figure out what happened... They recorded 61,000 deaths because of the heat in Europe. We don't have that kind of number yet from Africa, Asia, Latin America, but we know and estimate that we probably 
uh, could uh, measure about 500,000 deaths. And the majority of those are women and girls, and particularly pregnant women. We're seeing... Like, they really even care about pregnant women or anything like that, right? They just throw that in. Women and girls. And pregnant women, too. That's the appeal to the suburban mom that buys this crap. She doesn't understand that what everything that just was said by Hillary Clinton was a ruse, a scam, a lie, a total lie. So, um, yeah, take a listen to this guy. It's great. There's a lot of talk now in the United States about this Green New Deal. Uh, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to look at that, but what are your thoughts? Are, is this a good idea, or are we in trouble, or what's the plan? Well, it's a recipe for mass suicide. Uh, it's just quite amazing that someone that is in government, actually elected to the government of the United States of America, would propose that we eliminate all fossil fuels in 12 years. <laughs> this would basically result, if we did it on a global level, it would result in the decimation of the human population from seven-odd billion down to who knows how few people. I mean, it would, it would basically begin a process of cannibalization amongst the human species because the food could not be delivered to the stores in the middle of the cities anymore. How would this, even just that one point... The, the point that bothers me the most is if you eliminated fossil fuels, every tree in the world would be cut for fuel. There's no other source of heating and cooking once you eliminate fossil fuels. You can use animal dung if there were any animals left, but the animals would all die too because, well, first off, they would all get eaten, and any that survived would be, have to go wild because there'd be nobody left to look after them. I mean, it's the most ridiculous scenario I've ever heard. People recognize when something is preposterous, and I think that's the best word for it. Well, the best word for it is actually mass suicidal. But So isn't that, um, isn't, isn't that their goal, though, is depopulation? So maybe this whole climate scam is all about depopulation. Attacking your food, attacking your fuel. People die of being frozen to death more than anything else. Yeah, air conditioners have saved how many lives just by people not dying from heat exhaustion. I mean, give me a break, right? But here they are meddling in our business and putting our lives at risk. That's the globalism for you. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org, magapack.org. Make a donation if you can. It helps keep the Scott Adams Show commercial-free, as it always is. And also use Red State over at mypillow.com. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.